Hello and welcome to Automators, the automation podcast where we talk about getting your technology to do your work for you, or at least how we wish your technology could do your work for you, because that is the topic of today's episode. My name is Rosemary Orchard, and I'm joined as always by my pal and co-host David Sparks. Hey David, how are you? Great, Rose. I uh, I feel like this is definitely a wish-based episode. <laughs> so- oh yeah. Yeah, I've got a smart water bottle right here on my desk. It's stainless steel. I'm rubbing it. There's no genie, but I'm I'm hopeful that Disney magic is still present um, somewhere in the world, perhaps, maybe. But either way, you know, we're 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 publishing this shortly before WWDC. So assuming that there is plenty of magic running around, we may see some of these, or maybe maybe the shortcuts team and the automation teams at Apple are actually just very smart, and they've been listening to. The things that we've mentioned offhand over the last year or so and been forming those into actual features that we'll see at WWDC in just a week or so. Yeah, I feel like if we want to make this show more influential, we should probably do it in January because... I, I feel like actually now is a great time to be doing it, but like iOS 17 is going to come out in September. Like this wish list is probably realistically iOS 18 because yeah. that's how much development lead time you need with testing and everything else to get it in as a, a big feature in, in you know, the WWDC keynote. But of course, you know, there will be updates later. But that's the idea today is we're heading into WWDC. We don't know what's going to come out. As of this recording, there haven't been massive leak bombs. Uh, no. and, and you don't normally get those on automation because it's not sexy enough to warrant leak bombs. But uh, no. the uh, but Rose and I are automators, and we've been using this stuff with uh, limitations and complaints over the last year. And we thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of share our wish list for what we'd like to see them add. Uh, to uh, the various platforms and automation tools to to make it easier. I mean, I feel like one of the nice uh, points of insight Rose and I get is we get to interact with the listeners uh, via social media, email, and whatnot. And we do hear where people are hitting friction points and we're hitting them ourselves. So we actually do have a pretty good point of view here as to what we should be doing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where... Sometimes, you know, the the things that are missing or, or feel a little bit uncomfortable to use, like sometimes that can just be, a, ah, right, okay, well, I need to find the right way to use it. Or, okay, now I understand how this slows. And sometimes it, everything feels okay to start with and you're just kind of putting it down to something being new. But then as time goes on, you go, oh, no, no, actually, there's something missing here that's making this uncomfortable or it doesn't feel like it flows when it comes to something like this. So then... You know, that's that's when something gets added onto my wish list at any rate. Yeah. Well, we have quite a few things we'd like to see added, so we're going to be going through them today. Uh, mm. uh, for the bonus section for Automators Max, which is the uh, version of the show you get that's ad-free and has additional content, Rose today and I are going to be talking about how to best view WWDC and how to get the goods on all the stuff we're talking about today. So we'll, oh, be, yeah. we'll be covering that in detail in Automators Max later, but... Uh, we've got some categories here. Let's start with the the first one that we are generally calling OS improvements. You know, improvements to the general operating system that will make life easier for automators. Yes, exactly. And you know, there's quite a few things that you could say. Uh, like, you know, is it is this really something that we're kind of looking for, for sh- from shortcuts, or is this kind of something that we're looking for in the OS itself? And it, it's 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 one of those things where. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm in two minds about some of my my things that I've put in some of these, and I'm literally just moving one as we talk right now because I feel like I put it in the wrong category earlier. But you know, focus modes is something that we both use, um, and I'm sure many people uh, use this to an extent, even if it's just the sleep one um, and and the driving one. Um, but I feel like focus mode, focus modes in general, they're great. And I really love what they've already done. They've added, you know, the lock screen and the home screen wallpapers and the ability to choose your home screens and set your watch face Um, and then, you know, filter things like your mail accounts and so on. But I feel like there's more they can do there. And I know that you definitely agree, David, starting with more focus modes. Yeah, I am very much a focus modes advocate. And I, I actually lately have been really thinking about focus modes and my relationship with them because I use them all day. Right now, I'm in podcasting focus mode, which means that Mm -hmm. the only people that will be able to get through to me other than Rose, uh, Steve, and and Mike Schmitz are my wife. And otherwise, anything's going to go straight to message. And I'm just, you know, the world is basically cut off from me so I can focus on making a really good podcast. And what I would really like is the ability to make one called automators focus mode. And then Mike Schmitz and Stephen Hackett would get cut out for the purpose Mm -hmm. of this recording. But we only get 10, and so I don't have enough uh, slots, you know, to have one for each yeah. show. And so that's that's an improvement. But this, I guess I would first start by saying there's certainly a, a case to be made that this is an automator thing because focus modes can be triggered automatically or by time or by calendar event. You really can, if you're an automator, you can get way more out of focus modes. But the limitation is some of the built-in stuff. It just doesn't go far enough. Like, why do we only get 10? I feel like that's a complete arbitrary number. Somebody had to type in an integer at some point and they decided 10 was the number. Rose is a programmer. You probably got a better idea than me. I'm sure it couldn't be a thousand, but I suspect it could be more than 10. I mean, technically, like assuming that this doesn't take up oodles of space on your device, which realistically, um, this is text list in some way shape or form or a, a multitude of properties it shouldn't be taking up that much physical uh storage space um but i suspect that one of the reasons why they've gone with 10 is just a simple case of um users going to be users um which is people will set things up in a complex fashion um and so on and make it make it difficult for themselves and they won't quite understand you know why why does this thing do this and why does that thing not do that so i think they just limited it to 10 because well nobody's good to create more than 10 but it turns out quite a few people do create 10 or or more and i would certainly like to have more and i feel like i i do actively limit my use of focus modes um and i'm not in a focus mode all the time just because i don't have enough of them and the other thing is this is really simple uh colors and icons like there are not enough colors and not enough icons um, to to let me, um, you know, do everything as 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 I would like to do. What I would really like is right now there is a relatively limited icon list. What I would love right now is if they put a dot 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 in the bottom right hand corner, and then they would just let me search the whole SF symbols database. And I don't care yes. if they don't get them pretty names. That's fine with me. If I like, if I have to have the developer beta installed for this feature to be enabled, I will live with it. That is fine. Um, but if they could give me a dot 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 so I could have any SF symbol of my choice, that would be great. Because right now there's just not enough, and there's quite a few that I don't use. There's one that looks like it. I guess it would be like a courthouse or something. It's like when am I going to use that? Like if you were still a lawyer, you know. Uh, David, then you might use that for your in-court focus mode. Um, but me, I I don't have a use case for that at all. 
Um, and yet there's a couple of different things here that could be work. There's a credit card. Like, why do I need a credit card focus mode? Um, like, I'm not sure what that icon is for, especially, you know, considering everything else. And there's medications one. Well, I guess if you have to go to the hospital regularly for tests, but there's also a stethoscope. It, it feels like there's a lot of duplication here. Um, and, um, somebody just kind of like went through and thought up a, a list, um, quickly of symbols. And if I'm not wrong, it's actually the same icon list that's available in reminders for you to create like, um, smart lists, um, where, um, yeah, where you've got uh, those options. So uh, it, it does look very, very similar, actually. I think the, the reminders list has expanded a bit more. Um, so yeah, maybe there should just be parity because the symbols available and colors available in shortcuts, reminders, um, and focus modes don't actually line up. So just give us more in all the places, please. Yeah, I mean, that really is a, a great point, Rose, because I feel like one of the way you get users to adopt the feature is to allow them to make it more their own. And mm -hmm. colors and icons are very much a part of that. And Apple yeah. has this rich SF symbols database. There are multiple focus modes I have where my icon is a compromise, right? Like uh, the podcasting one I'm looking at right now, my menu bar, it's a set of headphones. It should be the microphone, but it's not. And like, if I could have a microphone with the red automators color, that would be even better. And mm -hmm. I feel like this is a simple problem to solve. Just like adding more of them is a simple problem to solve. I mean, note the stuff we've asked for so far are are not complex requests, but they would drastically improve our ability to use the feature. Now, let's move into that second piece of it, more complex stuff. I feel like mm -hmm. focus modes must have some sort of advocate at Apple because they did it the first year they they created the feature, which was a lot of work, and then the next year they made significant improvements to the feature. You know, now we can do the inverse, where you can say only show me these people or show me everybody but these people. So they've really made it a much better, uh, effective implementation of focus modes. What would you like to see them do next, if anything, to improve the actual feature set? Well. I feel like at the moment there's there's a number of um, like system filters that you can add in a focus mode. Um, so, for example, uh, one of those um, is um, the ability to uh, to set your uh, always on display to on or off, set your appearance to light mode or dark mode, and turn low power mode on and off. And I feel like they can definitely go further with some nice simple ones in here, like turning on and off announced notifications, for example. Um, yeah. Or the ability to listen for the "Hey Apple Lady" phrase, um, and um, assuming, uh, and I'm guessing, if we if we get this one, we're not going to hear about it till September. Assuming that the hardware switch for the silent mode becomes a, a button rather than a switch, silent mode turning silent mode on and off will be great. Yeah. Um, setting things like your ring volume. So if I'm not in silent mode and I do want my phone to ring, but I don't want it to be ringing very loudly, or I do want it to be ringing as loudly as possible. Things like that, because a lot of these are things that are available in the control center, which is great. I love that. Um, and so it's easy enough to turn them on and off. But why not just add, you know, add add more options there? Allow me to, um, you know, uh, set my AirPlay, uh, sorry, uh, AirDrop to no one or contacts only. Um, I'm presuming everybody would not be an option because it's everyone for 10 minutes now. Um, and um, uh, the other thing is, um, you know, related to this, um, you talked about triggers earlier. And, you know, we can only have at the moment, there are triggers based on time, 
like a time of day, which you can then lock into certain days of the week. There are triggers based on locations and there are triggers based on apps. And then there is smart activation, which I have to say, due to the fact that I work from home, very rarely has worked in the way that I would expect. So I have disabled this on every one of my focus modes. It's not useful to me either. Yeah. Yeah. I would love it if I could say, hey, watch this calendar. When there are events in this calendar, I want you to turn on. Or when there are events in this calendar with this word in them, in the title, then turn on. Um, And like that would be as complex as I would expect it to get realistically. Like either just watch this calendar or watch events in this calendar with this word. I wouldn't expect anything more complex than that. Um, But I think that that would go a very long way to automating focus modes for folks. Yeah, like a, a, a link between the calendar um, and it could be calendar, it could be calendar uh, event name or, you know, just creating links between that and triggers for focus modes is great. I I would add to that just in general, the idea of every time you've got something automatically happening on your devices that you could use focus modes as a filter on that to say, well, this happens if we're in this focus mode or not, if we're not in this focus mode. And that kind of exists, but it doesn't really exist. I would like to see it become a deeper integration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I would like to see, um, because, you know, at the moment we've got home screen, we've got lock screen, we've got watch screen. Yeah. I feel like uh, going slightly nerdier here, the ability to adjust your control center would be really nice. Oh, good one. As well. Good one. Because... There are things that I don't need access to in certain focus modes. For example, in my work focus mode, I don't need access to the Apple TV remote. That's just something I don't need. And in my fitness focus mode, I want access to music recognition. That is something I definitely want because in my belly class, a number of times that I'm like, what song is this? Um, as we're doing something, it's always like a piano version of the song. So it's kind of hit and mess with, with Shazam. But, you know, being able to add that in there. Um, and also, um, I'd love to see some more accessibility features um, come into certain focus modes. Um, so, for example, adjusting the text size. Um, or smart invert and things like that, which I know we can do some of through shortcuts. And I don't like I don't want shortcuts to go away, just to be clear. Like I do not want it to go away. But focus modes brought in some things that people were doing with shortcuts already. And accessibility shortcuts um, or accessibility controls on iOS already are great. You can even set accessibility controls for specific apps. And I'd love it as a side note, if we could turn those on and off, um, like automatically in shortcuts, that'd be great. Um, but, um, you know, the, the ability to, to control some of those things that people may need access to, like, for example, um, putting um, the, um, the um, assistive touch um, thing on or controlling what the side button does. Um, uh, you know, with the, with the triple click and, and so on, like that sort of thing, like being able to enable and disable that, the, that would be really great just to have a system controls, um, that you could filter in your focus modes. You know, I could very much imagine people having a, um, help my relative focus mode, which is basically it bumps up the text size and so on. Um, and, you know, maybe sets their phone in silent gets rid of most notifications so they can show their a relative or friend how to do something on their phone without worrying about like notifications popping in and stuff like that. And, you know, there are just sometimes where, for example, if I'm going to be using my iPad, my iPad's going to be a bit further away from me than it usually is. And bumping up the text size would be really nice. And having a focus mode for that, which would then, you know, 
disable notifications and stuff as needed as well would be really nice. Yes, I have one more because um, I, I think the way you and I are going, we could probably do a whole hour on what we want from focus mode. <laughs> but, yeah, but one other one I would like, just like we have on the iPad and iPhone, the ability to set your wallpaper and uh, have all these sorts of great external notifications of what focus mode you're in. We don't get any of that on the Mac. We don't get control over what the wallpaper is. We don't get control over what's on the widgets on the right side of the screen. I would love to see the Mac get more contextual indicators of your focus mode than a little icon in the menu bar. And like having custom wallpaper, that'd be awesome if we could do that. I mean, I'd like to do more than that, but that would be a great start. Definitely. And I feel like, you know, as far as um, OS improvements go, some triggers from shortcuts on Mac OS would not go amiss. You know, at the yeah. moment we have we have triggers for shortcuts on iPhone. We've got triggers for shortcuts on iPad. Uh, we don't have them on the Apple Watch, and we don't have them on the Mac. Uh, we also don't have them on Apple TV, but that's a little different. I feel like Apple TV maybe could potentially trigger a focus mode if you're playing something, but um, you know that's that's a, a problem for another time. But right now, shortcuts on Mac, no automation triggers. Um, and you know, even though um, you know there are there are ways around this to an extent, there are third party apps and so on. I feel like a lot of people would take a look at it and be like, okay, so when I when I look in like the the gallery overview thing, it you know, or when I hear people talk about shortcuts, they're like automatically do this when you know at this time, or when this focus mode starts, and then they go and look on the Mac and they're like, I can't do any of that. What's going on? I give up, move on. Yeah. So yeah, it would be it would be nice to see some more options there. Uh, another category under the OS topic is some of the productivity apps that really should have more automation support. And this is the one I have a glimmer of hope for. It's Apple Mail. Last year we got some new features in Apple Mail, but a lot of the automator stuff didn't make it into that round. Uh, mm-hmm. th- and there is some. They're using artificial intelligence to try and figure out who you reply from and. And they're trying to help you a little bit with auto-sorting mail. But I feel like this is a topic or this is an app that could greatly improve with some more automation triggers. It really could. And not just automation triggers, but automation features. Like smart mailboxes on iOS um, and things like that. And add some rules on iOS as well. I know that they only run when your app, when your device receives mail um, and, and processes it. Um, and I know that having the same thing running in multiple places can be a bit of a problem. And the fact that mail rules sync at all makes that slightly problematic. Um, but it would be really nice to have, um, you know, um, well, maybe like actual shortcuts in mail. And why I say shortcuts, I mean like something you could potentially build in the shortcuts app, but it's like, hey, mark this message as read, flag it and move it to this folder. Um, or something like that. Just a series of short actions that you can run, which, you know, at the moment, everything, this bothers me quite a bit, to be honest, like everything that you want to do on a message is hidden under the reply button. (laughs) And I understand why they've done that, but it really bugs me that like, I have to tap reply to mark, move to junk. Yeah. Or to mute something or to say notify me at this time or block a sender. Or to forward. Sometimes you have to hit reply to forward. So, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, why is this Why is this like this? And I know that they've got a limited amount of space, but I really feel like adding a fifth button into the bottom toolbar on um, on, on mail on, on the iPhone wouldn't have been a problem, especially now that they don't have a mini device. But it would be really nice to have some smart mailboxes and things like that so that we could do things you know, more easily. And if they don't want to necessarily give us that in the UI, 
then, you know, considering the shortcuts action support that was added last year for the ability to get and filter data in shortcuts, let us get our data in shortcuts and filter it as, you know, a poor man's smart mailbox proxy. Um, so, you know, I, if we can't do a smart mailbox on iOS, then at least let me run a shortcut that will get all of the things that are, you know, flagged and in this folder and um, marked as unread, for example, um, so that I can I can look for those uh, items so that I can action them. Agreed. I um, agreed with all of that. Uh, but I would say that I feel like uh, mail is ripe. And this is a, a year where we're going to find out if last year was a fluke or if last year was the beginning of a trend. Because mm-hmm. some of the Apple productivity apps and notes and reminders in particular got better and then kept getting better. And some get like one year of support and then they kind of go back into the wilderness. And I, I don't know what that'll be this year. But if they were going to improve mail, they should definitely work on the automation elements of it. And even some of the things like, you know, deferred mailboxes and some of the features that people are finding in almost every mail app these days. I have to ask you, Rose, I was thinking, uh, are you using Apple Mail for anything these days? Are you using it on any of your devices? Yeah, I use it on all of my devices. Okay. Um, and honestly, uh, another thing that I've just thought of that I, I have to say, especially because even if you've only got a week left, Apple developer, as you listen to this, I think you can do it. I believe in you. There is the action for a mail rule to run Apple Script. At the moment, if I want to run a shortcut, I have to say, tell application <laughs> shortcuts to run blah, blah, blah shortcut. Yeah. And it doesn't really work. It would be amazing if you would let me run a run run shortcut. Like, just where it says run Apple script, just add another line that runs shortcut, even if it only like makes it vaguely into the keynote as like a thing and then it kind of disappears for a couple of months and then maybe reappears and actually works later. I would love that because at the moment, if you want to automate something in uh, mail and you create a mail rule, which will definitely help. Yeah. You, you, you kind of, once you get past setting the color, playing sound. I, I I never use play sound or bounce icon in dock or send notification. Um, I don't really use reply to forward or redirect either. Um, I have previously used redirect, but I find those are better on server side rules anyway. Um, I do use delete message, mark as read, mark as flagged, um, but um, and move message. Um, I I don't really use copy message, but as well as run Apple Script, I'd love it if I could run a shortcut. That would be so great. Um, so yeah. Fingers crossed we'll we'll get to see some of that because yeah, I think we're at the point where not only do we want the actions, you know, in shortcuts, but we, we want them everywhere else in the US as well. You know, um give me a little new button in in notes where when I tap and hold on it, it gives me like new blah 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 from like this template where it automatically pops up and asks me three questions and then it puts some data together through a shortcut. And like that's a special notes template kind of shortcut that I've been able to put together or something. Well, another great thing we'd like is parity of features because Apple Mail suffers right now. There are things that work on one platform that don't work on the other. It's also true for their shortcut support. You've got shortcuts implementation on one platform. Primarily mobile has more features than than the Mac does. I'd like to see mm-hmm. those things get balanced out this year. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, we're seeing this in a couple of apps, you know, Mail and Safari uh, and so on. And it, it it would just be really nice to just see things that when they appear, they appear everywhere. Uh, because right now, 
it it really is kind of a, a haphazard guess when you see that there's a new shortcut action. Like, is this going to work on Mac? Mm-hmm. You kind of have to just open the Mac app and go look and see if it's there. And sometimes it is there and sometimes it'll like appear later or and then sometimes the action doesn't work and it will just crash your device um, or crash your shortcut at least. So, for example, the vibrate action on Mac. Yeah, yeah, that still crashes. That still bugs me. Um, so, yeah, I'm really hoping for uh, like an OS level thing of just like, hey, if this action is not supported on this device, please just continue and carry on as though I never actually tried to do this. Yeah. Um, and that would be really, really nice. Well, I mean, the sad thing is you and I get caught up in these tricks and we make a podcast about automation. And you still mm-hmm. forget once in a while because it's, there's so many of these circumstances where this happens. And for people who are trying to learn this stuff, you're going to hit a couple of those things and you're just going to give up. Yeah, it, it it can be really tricky to figure this out, um, you know. And <laughs> I don't know how many times you've had this, David, um, where you reboot your, your iPhone um, or your iPad um, and you unlock your device as soon as it reboots. Um, and then you get a notification that says, automations will not run until your device has been unlocked. Like, yeah, I've, I've, I've already unlocked it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm typing in drafts right now. <laughs> like how much more unlocked can we be? Um, so yeah, there, there are some improvements to come there, but you know, we've got some shortcuts improvements to talk about as well. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by TextExpander. Go to textexpander.com slash automators for your shortcut to efficient, consistent communications and get 20% off. When you work in a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conference details to send to a new client. You don't want to track down the same FAQs from your company website. These are the kinds of things you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done faster. And that's why you need TextExpander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes, allowing you to work faster and eliminate repetition, letting you focus on what matters most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest for you. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander, and then create your chosen abbreviation and they'll be with you wherever you type. I can tell you as someone who has literally thousands of text expander abbreviations, I love it and I use it every day. It's a great entry point for automation. You can even customize the snippets by having them automatically add in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more. And this will make sure that you still keep the personality and communications that you send. Text Expander is available on any device you use across any app you use on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. What I love most about Text Expander is its power. Sure, it's a text expansion tool, but it can be so much more because you can put scripts in, you can have it automatically insert the date or the clipboard. As you dig in with Text Expander, you're going to find ways to use it more powerfully than you could use any other text replacement tool. It sends me reports of the amount of time I save, and literally every year I save days of my life with Text Expander. So if repetitive typing is getting you down, you need Text Expander. Check out Text Expander today at textexpander.com/automators, and you can get twenty percent off your first year. That's textexpander.com/automators to say goodbye to repetitive typing. And our thanks to Text Expander for the support of the automators. All right, let's move into shortcuts now. We've been talking about general OS improvements, but both of us are big users of shortcuts. 
we definitely have our list of things we'd like to get improved. Let's let's dig in on that now. Uh, I'll kick it off. I'll just say more triggers. I feel like uh, the Apple has made a lot of progress towards making more triggers, but there aren't enough of them. Uh, I think we're at a time now where a third-party app should be allowed to give us shortcut triggers. Yes. Um, and even if this just starts with a tap to run thing, I'd be okay with that. You know, obviously, David, you and I both want automations in the true sense of the word where we can t- turn off, like, um, you know, ask before running. And maybe, um, you know, if if you go into settings or um, system settings on macOS um, and you go look for shortcuts, there are some advanced toggles that you can turn on there to to allow you to do uh, more dangerous things as far as Apple is concerned. Um, so, um, and I'm just looking for this because I accidentally scrolled way too far and it turns out I've got a lot of apps installed on my phone, so I now can't find shortcuts. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's things like, um, you know, being able to delete large amounts of data, um, and stuff like that in the advanced settings and, uh, deleting that confirmation and sharing large amounts of data and running scripts, those options. If I had to have a toggle that said, allow third-party triggers for me to do this, I'd be okay with that. Um, but it would be really nice if, you know, if, if various different apps could hook in and be like, oh, hey, like this thing has happened. Now, obviously, there are going to have to be limitations on this. I can't imagine Apple being like, yeah, OmniFocus can run an automation every time you create a new task. Um, you know, like, I don't think that's necessarily something that I'd want. But for example, if I run um, an Omni automation script in OmniFocus, and then I want that to, you know, trigger something that would be really nice because then Omni don't have to like pull all of the OS features into their app uh, the way, um, you know, Drafts has had to do to an extent um, with the scripting. And also I as an end user don't have to have, you know, as difficult a time of it of trying to do it this way in this app and this way in this app. And then this app passes off from this app to this app, which then eventually runs this shortcut, which does this thing. It it gets messy very quickly. Now, obviously Omni automations can run a, run a shortcut um, already, But, you know, being able to trigger something automatically on your devices, that's pretty powerful. And that could be very useful. You know, if somebody could share their location with you and find my and then find my because it were taking advantage of this could say, oh, hey, this person has um, shared their location with you for an hour. Um, You know, I am going to do this thing of uh, send a message which says, hey, thanks for that. See you soon or whatever it is, Um, you know, depending on, you know, whatever you want to set up. That'd be really nice. Um, And I don't know, maybe we'd see more stuff coming out from inside of Apple as well as outside of Apple. I understand the security argument. I know that causes some consternation, but like a a setting that says, hey, do you really want to do this Uh, would be enough for me. And I think for a lot of people that would be interested in the feature, I mean, the thing you have to think about with automation is a lot of this stuff is not going to get used by the vast majority of people. So when you're building it out, maybe you can consider that people that want stuff like this are going to be a little bit more advanced. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do th- feel like uh, if they want the automation platform to expand, then having third-party triggers is going to help that. And when you look at like some of the stuff you can do in reminders with automation versus what you can do in, in OmniFocus, it's solely because one is made by the platform vendor and one is not. And 
I'd like to get to see a little bit more of an even playing field. I feel like some of the third-party developers would do a very good job of, of coming up with ideas to further automation that way. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's one of those things where there may be a little bit of the chicken and the egg problem here. So Microsoft Windows Phone failed because there were no apps, because there were no users, and there were no users because there were no apps. Um, and I have a feeling that, you know, with shortcuts, we're going to reach that point at some point, possibly in the not too distant future, of there will be people who don't use shortcuts because it doesn't support the things that they want and need. And Apple will look at it from one perspective um, and go, well, People, are, people don't really want to use shortcuts all that much. So, you know, we're not going to um, give the team more space for growth. And I really hope that that's not the case um, because it seems to me, you know, based on what I'm seeing online, that there are more and more users for shortcuts, every, you know, every time I go looking um, and more and more use cases and more and more sites talking about this as a mainstream thing, which is great. Um, but I do think it's one of those things where they're going to need to give people the opportunity to go a little bit wild, go a bit mad, go crazy. Let David and I and Matthew Casanelli and all the other shortcuts nerds like Federico Vitici just go nuts and see what we can do with this with a couple of great app developers. Um, and, you know, at the moment, um, if you want to send um, an emergency notification, um, like a critical alert from an iPhone app, you have to ask Apple for a special allowance for this. I could quite easily see this being a special allowance request type thing of, I would like to trigger shortcuts automations and it having to go through a separate review process when you apply for that um, at the moment just to get started and then later open it up to more people. But then they could start by opening up to trusted developers who've got, you know, a long time history of working with Apple or working in, in this sort of area and then expand it from there and see what the masses come up with after that. But I do think they should just let people go mad for a bit and see what happens. Um, because, you know, they've taken features away from us before. I don't want a feature taken away, but if that's going to make somebody at Apple say, eh, go on then, then, you know, I'll, I'll pretend to let you take it away later and be polite about it when you do. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair statement. And I don't know that we're going to get it, but Wishes is in the title of the show, so yes. <laughs> why not? But third-party triggers would be a massive improvement. Or it would just be a massive explosion of new ideas for automation. Yes, definitely. Um, something else that I'd like to see is um, at the moment you can use accessibility to trigger uh, shortcuts and run them. So for example, the back tap and so on. Um, and this is great, but at the moment it feels like we're suffering a little bit from splintering of I can use shortcuts from the triple click of the side button on my phone. I can use it from the double back tap and the triple back tap, and I can use it from the assistive touch menu. Um, and I can set it up to be run from particular button clicks um, on a mouse uh, or a track, um, if I connect that via Bluetooth to an iPad. And I can also set it up for hot corner usage on an iPad. And then on macOS, of course, we've got our global keyboard shortcut triggers. And trying to find all the places where I've set up shortcuts so that they can be run automatically, kind of kind of difficult slash impossible because I don't remember everywhere I've gone in and played with something and set it up. Yeah. Um, and so one of my requests, um, which leads me to a second request, which I'll explain in a moment, is to pull all of those accessibility features where I can run a shortcut automatically into the automation tab on my iPhone and my iPad. 
because if they are there as options, um, and I understand why they're not, to be clear, because um, the accessibility, sorry, the well, accessibility um, shortcut triggers are a this thing does that. Personal automations, if I want to create seven personal automations when my work focus mode starts, I can do that. Now, I don't think they want seven different things happening when you like back tap on your phone. And that's why it's an accessibility one. But they, they could figure out a way to disable these. Um, and I, I, you know, I think that this would be very useful, not only because it would allow me as a user to see where I've connected up things um, in the past and easily disable it, even when I don't remember where it was. Um, but it would also like he'll look to people like we've got new new triggers yay um and so you know that would be very good and then related to this i would really love to see where i'm using a shortcut because at the moment one shortcut can run another shortcut which is great i do not know which shortcut can run what shortcut or runs what shortcut i know that technically every shortcut can run every other shortcut but i have no idea i have no way of telling without going into some very very nerdy stuff of what shortcut is using what other shortcut. And it would be really, really great to be able to find that out. Um, you know, at the moment when you open shortcut, there's that info sheet where you've got your details. I feel like a lovely section in there would be used via run shortcut in list of shortcuts. And when I tap on it, it opens the shortcut for me. Um, and it, yeah, it would be really nice to see both of those so that then, you know, I, I know where... My shortcuts are being called from, both from the triggers perspective, from the accessibility perspectives, and also from other shortcuts perspectives as well. And I know that this isn't going to cover everything because it won't cover this is being used by this automation on another device. And that's that's okay. I'm okay with that. But I would really like to at least go, okay, on this device, this shortcut is being used here, 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 and here. Because then if I'm going to make a change to it, then I know that it needs to be continue working in those places. And at the moment... The way I'm trying to do it is by having a comment at the top of a shortcut and writing in like run by this automation, that automation, this shortcut, that shortcut, and it gets out of date very, very quickly. And it's not great. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's definitely a power user problem, but you know, power users are where we're going to figure this stuff out. Yeah. And honestly, like the fact that if I were to buy a new iPhone in September, which let's face it, I probably will. Um, <laughs> and then I set up that iPhone from new. Yeah, I will not have any of my automations for shortcuts. So the best way, if I want to keep any of the data or any of the setups in automations as shortcuts, is to cre create them as a shortcut and use run shortcut, with the exception of a few like the ones triggered by mail or messages because they don't get the content of mail and so on if you, if they're like in a in another shortcut. But that's okay. But the problem with that is then I need to know if I'm using that shortcut or not. And yeah, it's it's one of those things where at the very least the trigger side of it, like knowing this shortcut is run in this trigger because you have to create a shortcut to use as an automation trigger um, for um, accessibility purposes. Um, you know, the accessibility ones can't just run shortcut and then it's an automation where it doesn't have a name or anything. It's just a series of actions. It has to be a specifically named shortcut, which is why I think that this would be very useful to have inside of the info button in shortcuts or the info sheet in shortcuts where it says run by XYZ accessibility trigger. Like, you know, 
triple click home button, back double back tap, triple back tap, etc. So that you know where this is called from. And then if they expand that to the run shortcut action for the people who are using that, then that would be very nice. Well, I would like to see, and we kind of mentioned this in the last segment, but just in general, a parody audit of Mac OS shortcuts versus mobile shortcuts. Because, uh, and I'm not going to go into a great length as we talked about, but there are, it's not just Apple Mail. There are tons of situations in these two versions of shortcuts where actions just don't work across the platforms and sometimes cause catastrophic failure of your automation. And I feel like that it's been two years, no longer should that be a thing. And I'm not saying that everything has to work on the other device, but at least it shouldn't break your shortcut. Yeah. And that that's why I'd really like it. Just, Hey, this device doesn't support vibrate. Just keep going, like carry on. It's fine. We don't really care. Like, if I could vibrate, I would vibrate, but I can't vibrate. So instead of just stopping, like, just continue with life as, as normal, please. Um, you know, by all means, throw up an error message, but throw up an error message and keep on running. Yeah. Um, and speaking of error messages, and it's notification error, blah, 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 blah. How many times have I seen this? Or um, some weird, indecipherable text with the shortcuts icon next to it. This is usually when an automation has gone wrong in a very unexpected fashion. And I will allow that most people probably haven't seen exactly what I've seen um, because I do run developer betas. And this is, you know, the, the penalty that you pay for in developer betas, you get to see the really weird stuff when it goes wrong. Um, but I'm sure at some point or another, most people have seen that, like, your shortcuts automation failed. And they tap on it. And it opens the automations tab in shortcuts. Nice. Which one of my automations failed? I don't know. I tapped on that notification, so now it's gone away. So I don't even have the notification anymore. And not that it told me any more information than that. But I'd really love some better error messages. Yeah. And also, one in particular that I would really like is at the moment, if you um, add share sheet support to a shortcut, and then you say... If there's no input, stop and respond. Then it will just respond with whatever you type in there. So if I just type the word hello in there, and then I run um, this shortcut, which uh, I do need to add a, a message to for uh, an action to first, it just says hello. And if I'm running it inside of shortcuts, that's fine because it will actually show me the name of the shortcut. But if I run it from somewhere else, it doesn't show me the name. At least it didn't last time I checked this. Um, and so I actually don't necessarily know what this, what's running this when it just says that, or if it's run through another shortcut again, I don't necessarily know. Um, and that can cause quite a bit of confusion. So it would be nice to just have better messaging and specifically error messaging in general. Now, I know that some things are very hard, um, to, to, to figure out exactly, you know, what something's going to be coming up as there. But it would be very nice if somebody could, you know, look into that and go, aha, this is what we need to do here to make this come up like that, where you've got the name of the shortcut and the icon of your shortcut, or you've got the name of the automation that failed. Or when you tap on an automation failed notification, it opens that one. And when you clear your notifications, you have to specifically clear those. Like they, they get grouped separately to the regular shortcuts notifications. Because that's the other thing. If you get a lot of notifications stacked up in your notification center that XYZ automation was run, 
you just clear your shortcuts notifications, you can miss that an automation hasn't been running for a while unless you go looking for it. Yes, bring it, bring it. Let's get better and better, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, if we throw enough ideas out there, hopefully somebody will uh, find one of them and be like, I reckon I can get that in. And yeah. uh, we'll have to just see what happens. I, I feel like the whole thing with error reporting is like, they don't want there to be error reporting because they don't want there to be error. So it's like this struggle, this tension, right? Yeah. And I completely get that. And in an ideal world, um, that is exactly what would happen. Um, but uh, so I've been taking um, some acrobatics classes recently. And one of my instructors says, so in Liz's dreamland, this is how everything works. And then she demonstrates how everything will work if you do it perfectly. And then she says, and now back on planet Earth, where you're all in a beginner's class, this is what we're going to do. So we know what we're aiming for, which is error-free, brilliant, perfect, you know, wonderful. You dive through the hoop to do a forward roll without touching the hoop. Um, and it's like head high or whatever. In reality, when you start, you know, the the hoop's more, you know, lower shoulder height or, you know, the, the middle of the hoop's the shoulder height. Um, and you kind of go through and you probably hit the hoop and send it flying across the room a couple of times because that's what happens. The reality of it is, is, you know, sometimes the actions in shortcuts don't work properly. Um, you know, some because they they're not written by Apple, they're written by a third party, um, and something somewhere has gone very wrong, um, or somebody t- left a show when run action on, and it didn't work, and that should probably default to off. Actually, if we're asking for shortcuts improvements, if you're using it in an automation, show when run probably default to off, please. Um, but yeah, there's there's a number of reasons why stuff could go wrong, and I feel like adding better error reporting. It's one of those things nobody wants to do this because that's kind of like admitting failure. But a good chunk of the failure is not on the Apple or the shortcuts team. It's on me, the end user, sitting there tapping stuff in on my phone and not realizing that I haven't connected this stuff up. Or potentially on an app developer who's created an, an action that they never expected to be run without show when run on. And then it turns out that it actually needs show when run because otherwise things don't work. So yeah, it would be really nice to see, you know, better, better error messaging um, and just messaging in general um, from shortcuts so that, you know, when stuff happened, you know, like it's grouped by automation, perhaps instead of just shortcuts in general. All right, uh, let's move on. CarPlay and Maps. This was an interesting one because when you and I were talking about topics for wishes, we both seem to be gravitating towards CarPlay and Maps for automation friendly improvements. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where there's some support for automation in CarPlay already. So in Maps, you can add favorites as driving locations or just locations, navigation locations in general. It's great. When you tap on that in CarPlay, um, you can actually have, um, and you you need to set this up on, on on your iPhone to be clear, you can have your share ETA done automatically, which is great. So you can have a share ETA um, with a particular person for a particular location. So every time you navigate to that location, it sends um, either a text message on uh, to an Android user or a Maps um, notification with tracking, like physical location tracking or GPS location tracking, rather, um, to iOS users. This is great. It is fabulous. Thank you, Maps team. I really appreciate this. Now, please, can you make this better? <laughs> Because I want so much more than this. I want to be able to run a shortcut when I navigate to a favorite. Or better still, and this is something that I've been working on, like noodling on and off for a while now. I think I've been noodling on about uh, about this for about nine months. 
I want shortcuts on my CarPlay home screen. Now, this would have to be a very limited subset of actions, just like the ones that you put on the Apple Watch. But imagine if on the home screen of my um, CarPlay, I had a series of shortcuts, or maybe there was just a shortcuts button which listed a limited number of shortcuts. Um, It could just do like another grid, just like the CarPlay home screen. But those ones would navigate me to a particular um, location and play playlists. And then there's some other things that we've got on our wish list here, which I'll let you have at least one of them, David. Yeah, no, I I think it's it's a great idea. Uh, Again, it's like, can we convince him to put it on a car? Well, I don't know, right? (laughs) Well, I think if you've got a very limited subset of actions, which are things that you can already do on a car, so you could only use system actions um, or um, actions from apps that have CarPlay integration themselves. So, for example, um, if you tried to use, I'm now trying to think of an app that doesn't have CarPlay support, NetNewsWire, there we go. If you tried to use a NetNewsWire action in CarPlay, that that shortcut would just not be CarPlay supported at all, because NetNewsWire is not on CarPlay. Um, And if I tried uh, to use, um, you know, uh, Ivory, Ivory doesn't have CarPlay support. You don't need to use Mastodon in your car. That's fine. But if I try to use Overcast Actions, for example, that's fine, because Overcast has CarPlay support. Now, obviously, you'd have to have a further limitation of only the ones that can run entirely in the background without showing something and things like that. That might that would be more difficult. I'm not. I, I'll remove the word "might" that I, I t- technically threw in there. That would be more difficult. Um, but I feel like this could be done. Yeah, and, and honestly, it would allow us to solve problems that we have when we're driving that that could use a shortcut. Like uh, yeah. one of them we're talking about is turning off and on voice instructions. Like there are times when I'm driving to some place I don't know and I want to. Um, you know, set the car up to really go full in on giving me that assistant and giving me instructions and keeping the biggest possible map view up. And that would be a great automation, like to change the view, uh, turn on instructions, you know, turn off music, you know, just let me focus in on driving. Then there's other times where I'm going someplace where I know how to get there. I don't really need the instructions, but I just want it running. So it tells me if there's traffic ahead or things like that. And I don't want the, the lady talking to me you know, at every turn. And mm-hmm. those would be two very different scenarios. And a shortcut could yeah. be generated to switch between those modes. And I, that would be awesome. Yes, it really would. Um, and the other thing is as well, is, you know, the, the Maps Automatic Share ETA is fabulous. Um, assuming that you always drive to that location to see that person. If sometimes you drive to that location with that person, <laughs> you get in the car with that person, you tap on the location you're driving to, and they get a like an ETA shared with them. And they look at you and go, why did you do that? And you go, well, it's automatic. Well, if I were using uh, a shortcut and my shortcut had share ETA action, because there is no share ETA right now, um, then I could instead um, actually say, hey, like, and then there could be a menu option. Would you like to share your ETA with blah, blah, blah? Yes, no. And if it's yes, I put the action in there. And if it's no, then I don't put the action in in, in the no menu. Simple. Um, uh, and similarly, you know, like uh, there, there, there are times where um, I drive and there are other people in the car. And there are times where I drive and there isn't just me in the car. 
when there are other people in the car, I'm probably not going to listen to a podcast. I'll listen to music and I don't want announced notifications on. Um, when I'm on my own in the car, I will happily listen to a podcast. Um, and I would like announced notifications on so the messages from people and so on come through. Um, but I would like to have the option of doing those two things and, um, a shortcut that could run when CarPlay connects that is in CarPlay itself. So it would pop up on the CarPlay home screen and say, Hey, are you on your own? Or like, do you want solo navigation is probably what I would um, uh, have it ask. And I can say yes, if I'm on my own or no, if I'm with other people. And that would just be very nice. Okay. We stretched a little bit with this next category because it's WWDC, but why not? Right. Third party automation wishes related to the Apple ecosystem. We've got a couple. I mean, there's there's plenty of apps that don't have shortcut support, right? Um, and then there are the apps that have special shortcut support. Um, and I, I mean special, unfortunately, in a not-so-great way here. When was the last time the post on Facebook action was updated? How about, like, Evernote? Like, there's Evernote stuff in here. I don't have the Evernote app installed. I don't use Evernote. But there's Evernote stuff in here that was has been there for a long time and the same with whatsapp and i understand now you know shortcuts is uh much more widely used they can't necessarily get rid of this stuff but i feel like there are certain apps that have um the ability to do some things already um that like for example um messages um from whatsapp um you know are linked to a particular contact and so on and this all ties into um the focus modes like the fact that they can do that would be really nice to be like, okay, and so you have to have a shortcut support for this. Because at the moment, send message try WhatsApp, like I can select a recipient and um, yeah, like it, it's still going to pop open WhatsApp to try and send this message. And I do not understand why it needs to do this other than that's not actually um, a WhatsApp action. As far as I can tell, this is a shortcuts action. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I would really like more integrations for things like that. So all messaging apps, all of them would have the ability to send a message. They do not have to be able to do it in the background, but they do have to be able to work in the same way that messages does on, 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 on the, on, on iOS and in shortcuts. Um, and similarly things like, um, sharing your live location, like, you can do this through, for example, Google Maps. Um, you can do this through Find My. You can do this through WhatsApp. Um, and I'm sure plenty of other platforms as well. I would really love all of the apps that support that to have shortcuts actions for sharing your location. So then, you know, you can share your live location with various people automatically um, in a relatively safe fashion. Um, so that you can just run a shortcut. And this does tie a little bit into the CarPlay stuff that we were talking about just now, because in particular, if I'm driving to somebody and they're not an iOS user and I want to tell them my ETA, I'd also like to share my location with them the same way that I would with Maps. <laughs> not so much that I'm actually going to use Google Maps and um, all of that. But at the moment, I have to get my phone out to do that, which if I'm already driving and I realize I've forgotten to do this, like I either have to pull over or just send them a text message and be like sorry forgot to turn on live location sharing um and yeah it'd be really nice if apps that supported things like sending messages and sharing live location 
had shortcut action support and I kind of want Apple to be like, you know what? You have to have an automa- automation action for this um, now because you can you can do this. And then perhaps more people would know that this stuff existed as well. It's definitely a way to solve the problem. And um, mm. I'm with you. Yeah. Like, why not? Stretch it out a little bit. I think the overarching theme here about shortcuts is it's been around a long time now. And it, it's mm. it's okay to start going beyond the initial safety net. You know, you were talking about uh, tumbling and gymnastics and all that. Like, so at some point, you take the net away, right? <laughs> or at least give yes. us the ability to take the net away. And not everybody needs to, but that would give yeah. us a lot more power. And then, you know, then the automations become more efficient. And like you said, it, it brings, it's a virtuous cycle. Yes, it really is. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's just one of those things where, um, you know, there's definitely some holdovers from um, from from how things used to be in shortcuts, which makes it um, a little trickier. And I have also just discovered, by the way, it turns out WhatsApp has send message via WhatsApp, send photo via WhatsApp, and then under messaging, there's send message. Uh, and that one actually works the way I expected it to. Still can't share my ETA, but I'm pleased to note that that one at least is there because obviously WhatsApp is very popular over here in Europe. Um, so yeah, but like the fact that there are two actions that don't work, which I'm pretty certain that shortcuts can't get rid of, or like, um, you know, WhatsApp can't get rid of in shortcuts because they have to go to Apple. I feel like somebody needs to go through that old list and just have a, have a, an audit and potentially maybe just break those um, for, for folks. You know, I, I don't think there'll be an easy transition method for that, but fingers crossed, um, you know, they can they can tidy this up and, and sort some of it out. So it's less confusing because if you and I are confused about this, David, help, help I, I hope somebody helps the new users. All right, what about HomeKit? I mean, that's the Apple automation platform that we, we hear a little bit about every year. I know that, in the last year, you've become a big fan of Home Assistant. Uh, how much are you doing with HomeKit, and what could they change to bring you back, Rose? Uh, right now, HomeKit it serves for a way to manually control devices when they need manual control, which is rarely, and it's pretty much it. Um, so, I mean, personally, I don't think that Apple are going to bring me back just because the fact that I have all of the features in Home Assistant and everything set up there means that I'm going to have to do a lot of work to bring things back. Um, but specifically, like starting at the um, low end of the the fruit hanging spectrum, um, I feel like there are a number of features that Apple could add to make HomeKit uh, more appealing to folks. Um, so for example, at the moment... If you create a scene, you can turn that scene off. Okay, assuming that the scene turns things on. So say that scene turns on a plug. You can turn a scene off after a period of time. It's not particularly customizable, but you can turn a scene off after a period of time. However, you cannot turn off devices in general, and you can't turn on devices full stop after a period of time. So if you want something to turn off for an hour and then turn on again, no. You just can't do that. That's straight up just not even an option. And I feel like that would be a very nice starting point for a lot of folks because a number of people that I have asked me, hey, like there's an ice maker in my office, um, which is quite loud. And I would like to turn it off when I'm on Zoom calls and have it automatically turn back on again after like an hour or so. And it's like, cool, you can't do that. You have to proxy doing that through focus modes on your iPhone. 
that's that's the way to solve that problem, um, which is not great. It's doable for an advanced user. Very much not clear and at all in HomeKit what's happening. So the ability to have turning things on or off after a specific time, period of time would be great. Um, so And also extending then the wait time if you convert things to a shortcut. Um, but also just the ability to go back and look at your automations and see like, why did this not work? Because at the moment, if a HomeKit automation doesn't work, you kind of just have to wait for the next time that something would trigger and sit and watch everything like a hawk. And when I say everything, I mean physically watch the devices manually because you're not going to get any traces really in HomeKit. You can, there's, there's, you know, logs. Uh, there's a great app called HomeLog, um, which we've talked about on the show before. Um, and that, you know, that will definitely help if it's open and running. But it can only do so much. And the fact that I have full traces in Home Assistant where I can see like, you know, this went down this path because of this is great. So, yeah, I feel like there uh, there needs to be some some more options uh, there, which would be very greatly appreciated on my behalf. But what about you, David? I'm sure you've got wishes. I feel like it needs to step up a nudge like Shortcuts does. And there are definite third-party HomeKit-related apps that have more power in them. I would like to see that find its way into the HomeKit app itself because in my experience almost nobody uses those third-party apps except our except our devoted fans, right? I feel like yeah. normal people are just going to use Apple's app and the only way to move the ball forward is to add multiple triggers and a few conditions and just give it a, a, another degree of complexity. I know that mm-hmm. word complexity makes people at Apple nervous, but if we want a home kit to really take off i think it it needs a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. and then the other thing this is not automation really but i just need it to be more consistent i mean just like in the last week we've been having a thing with our front door forever it worked you sat in the car you pushed the button you said unlock the front door the door was unlocked and for whatever reason last week it's just not doing that and i have no idea why because there's no error reporting and no no explanation of it um and i feel like that kind of stuff needs to go away you know it needs to be mm-hmm. something we can rely on but but you know on the automation side i just feel like they've got to start with automation but i feel like they need to go a little bit further and the other thing is the whole idea of personal automations versus home automations i think that's a very confusing paradigm for a lot of people i mean i get mm-hmm. it i use them all the time but when i talk to people who are not tech savvy and you have to distinguish between a personal automation, I think you lose them. And I think that's holding it back a little bit. I think they should rethink the whole paradigm for creating new automations. I I think the fact that you have home automations in the shortcuts app and that the, the shortcuts automations can be converted to shortcuts. um, I think honestly, just another app called HomeKit shortcuts um or something um or just advanced automations in the homekit app and remove the the home the home section from the personal automations tab in the shortcuts app um like i understand why it's there i suspect um a lot of um folks who came up with this idea um are either the only person who does the things with their home um or um they are the only person in their home um and that's fine um, but it can be very, very difficult 
to go through and and manage the stuff for somebody else. Um, and on top of that, you you then have you know like where did this break and why? And I understand and I like the fact that you can control HomeKit devices through um, a shortcut action. Uh, but I feel like there needs to be some kind of log for just general shortcuts. Like this was done by this user. Shortcuts in brackets or something. Just because when all of the lights in the house turn on at three o'clock in the morning, that's not the time that you want to go, huh, I guess that there's a slight problem with HomeKit at the moment. I'll sit down and figure this out. It's three o'clock in the morning. You get woken up and you want to go back to sleep and you're cranky. Yeah. Like worst case scenario, well, best case scenario is the Apple TV gets thrown out the out the window or something and fingers crossed it bounces. Um, but you know, if if that happens, you're gonna be cranky and it's gonna be understandable and you're not gonna want to debug it. You're just gonna be like, no, turn off the thing that did this, but you need to know what did this. Um, and that that's where it gets very complicated and confusing, especially because you've got other controls happening. You know, it's not just HomeKit that's controlling your Hue lights. The Hue Hub has automations that can be controlling the Hue lights as well. And where is this happening? Or did somebody do this via Siri? Or what happened? In you know, I think people, they need to know when something doesn't work as expected, what made this thing do this thing? And that's the thing where in a perfect world where everything was great, we don't need error reports or error messages and shortcuts. We don't need logging in HomeKit. We don't live in a perfect world. Most people have got terrible home networks and all sorts of weird problems causing weird issues. It'd be great to just have a little bit of logging so that we would know, hey, the last five things that triggered this were that. Simple. And now that I've played with Home Assistant and I've seen that, it makes me want it even more. <laughs> but the, uh, Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I do think that I would like to see that get better. But I also would like to see a little bit more complexity get added to the mix in a way that makes sense. And the the app, the way the app was made, I get it, but I feel like it's time to rethink some of that stuff. Yeah, and it it is very tricky at times. And you know, I I don't I don't blame anybody for you know going okay, this is this is what you know this is what we're going to do here. We're going to limit it like this. That's fine. Completely get it. But at the same time, you know, it it is, you know, at the point where there are enough users who are running into walls with things where they need the ability to turn off this device's ability to run as a HomeKit hub. Because for whatever reason, that HomePod mini in that bedroom, even though theoretically it should be fine, when that one um, becomes the hub, the HomeKit hub, everything kind of goes wonky and sideways. You know, I was reading about that on Reddit earlier today. Somebody had... Uh, has one HomeKit hub where usually about 10 to 20% of devices go unresponsive uh, when that HomePod mini becomes the HomeKit hub. And, this, and like the last time, I think it was 100 out of 120 devices became unresponsive. That's that's a lot of devices to to just have disappear and not work. So yeah, I, I can understand why why people need more of this. Yeah, I was just thinking too. Also, though, in terms of stability, the focus on stability really should be towards smaller shortcuts. I mean, really, shortcuts exist for the two to you know five or ten, and but but we're we're running into some stability issues with those small ones, and that that's not a good sign. That's not a good look for shortcuts. Exactly, and uh, yeah, I mean, I love the fact that we can do more advanced things 
with uh, with a shortcut through HomeKit. Um, and that's great. And I don't want that to go away. But I think it is confusing for users, especially considering the limited subset of actions available within the, the shortcuts actions itself inside of HomeKit, that it would be worth splitting them so that they're only available in the HomeKit app. Because at the moment, you know, the number of times I get a question for Ask iOS Today um, or, or um, you know, or we get it here on Automators of why can't I send a message from a HomeKit action? Like, I don't see that action. It's not there. I have to create a personal automation instead. What's the difference between a personal automation that runs at 3 p.m. and a HomeKit action that runs at 3 p.m.? Like, the fact that those kind of come under the same umbrella, but it's more the light and the dark side of the moon, it, it's it's confusing for users. Okay, so now we're going to expand our our wishing into hardware and just WWDC in general. This is our last chance to talk before it happens. What are you looking forward to, Rose? Well, I mean, so we got a purple iPhone Pro this year. I love it. It's amazing. Uh, Apple, please, 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 please make purple part of the standard lineup for Pro devices everywhere. I'll buy a new Mac Studio. I'll buy a new iPad Pro. Um, I'll buy a new iPhone. I'll buy a new Apple Watch Ultra if you give me a purple button on it, please. Like the purple is gorgeous. I love it. I hope it stays. Um, but I would love to see, um, you know, colored pro iPads. Um, I kind of understand why there isn't. There's silver in the eternally changing space gray. Um, but, you know, they 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 do pretty colors of pro iPhones. Please, could they do pretty colors of pro iPads? That would be That would be pretty nice as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like the, on the hardware side of it, I feel like the big story is going to be the 15-inch MacBook Air, which seems more and more likely that we're going to get it. And then the goggle announcement, the headsets. I don't know what they're going to mm-hmm. call them. But the uh, I feel like that's going to be the big announcements on hardware. But but we'll see. You know, I What do you think of the headset? I mean, assuming that the rumors are more or less true that it's going to be a, a strap-on virtual reality headset that could have AR capabilities with cameras on the front. Do you uh, have any interest in that? And uh, I'll just start there. What's your interest level? I mean, definitely interested as like a concept. Sure. Uh, I have an Oculus Quest um, and I love playing Beat Saber on it. It's basically a Beat Saber machine, to be honest. Um, I don't really play uh, many other games on it, but it is quite nice for a, a quick workout. Um, but um, yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm curious, but I, I feel like VR um, struggles really in a number of places. A, it's expensive. Um, obviously, people buying Apple devices do tend to be on the higher side of disposable income, but that doesn't mean that everybody's got that. I know plenty of people who are using multiple-year-old iPhones. Um, and um, the other thing, which I think is going to be more of a problem for folks, is physical space requirements. Um, I know in the U.S., um, you know, outside of major cities, um, you know, like San Francisco and New York and so on, folks tend to have more space in their homes. They tend to have larger homes. Um, outside the U.S., not so much a thing, especially here in the U.K. Um, you know, my I live in a fairly average flat, um, a small apartment, um, and my rooms are not that big, especially because I have this thing called furniture in them, and I can't just get rid of my bed uh, to make space to use a VR headset. Um, so I have to be fairly careful about things like that already. Um, and I think that there will be more people who would love to use this sort of thing, but just 
don't want to rearrange their their living space or can't rearrange their living space to accommodate something like that, which will make it tricky. But at the same time, I'm still very intrigued to see what they do on the AR side of things, because I think that could be incredibly useful. Yeah, like you, I'm really interested to see what the story is about it, because it needs to be more than just a gaming machine. And uh, the rumors are that it's going to be expensive, but have high-end hardware. And does the high-end hardware give it more capability in terms of productivity? And Mm -hmm. That's the story I'm really interested in to see. Will I buy one? I think it's probably likely. I I can't afford it right now. I got a kid in college and all that, but I can't help myself. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I'll Mm -hmm. have to be really turned off to not get one. Uh, But yeah, but we'll we'll see what they do and and what it looks like. And if they do make them and I like it, I'll be reporting in for you, gang, on automation in a headset, which will probably be how do i not bang into a wall while i'm walking around with it on but the uh we'll see um but but i'm very curious about that uh the the bigger i uh the bigger macbook air i think is a nice addition i think it's not going to be the most popular but it's going to be one that a lot of people want and i think Mm. that's going to be great yeah i mean just thinking actually on the on the headset front um you know the product that i'd actually really like as far as ar goes is more like a Google Glass than a regular headset that blocks everything out. Because it would be great if as I was wandering around through the day, I could have like my task list appear like on like, like the edge of the field of my vision and then just kind of look over at it, pick a task and be like, okay, this is the thing that I need like scrolling across the bottom of my life right now. (laughs) So that I don't forget what I'm doing. Maybe this is just my ADHD talking. I do get distracted from things every once in a while. Um, But that that's the sort of thing where I could see that being incredibly useful. Like, do not lose track of the thing that you are currently doing. This is the thing that you're currently doing. Of course, you know, you give me a post-it note and you've given me a pretty sticky decoration after about 10 minutes. Um, But, um, you know, so I'm, I'm sure I've become immune to it in no time. But I don't know, maybe, maybe that could work, but we'll have to see, you know, are we going to get automation in that perspective from an automation perspective? I'm hoping that when the iPhone comes out, um, we're going to get a silent mode button rather than a switch because then we'll get, we could have shortcut support for silent mode and that would be really cool. Yeah. I mean, just a programmable button on the iPhone would be awesome. I don't think we're going to hear about that until September. Uh, no, yeah. I don't think so either. But at the same time, you know, this is this is our wishes for, you know, the next couple of months and we'll see what happens. I On the headset, I guess I have one more additional point to make is that I remember when Apple was working on, an, on a phone and when they were working on a tablet and particularly with respect to the phone, we all had a preconceived notion of what a smartphone was and what they announced was something completely different and I would hope that that's what we get with this headset that, you know, we're thinking about something to play Beat Saber on, but what they give us instead does way more than that and has like got a lot of tech in it that makes it so much more valuable to us than a Beat Saber machine. And that's the part I'm looking forward to. I, you know, you never know if they can do it or not. This is not an easy ask, but uh, if they really want to like nail this, that's the kind of keynote I'd like to see It's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. I never thought of that. This will be great. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, sometimes they say that and and it's, you know, not so much. And sometimes they say it and it's true. And I, I would like this to be that one version of it, you know? Yeah. I think if they, I, I, th- I think it would be good to see Apple Arcade support for this as well, 
just because um, or just game support as well, rather than just purely yeah. VR, AR and so on, just because I think that there will be a lot of people who'd be like, but I want to play Beat Saber. Oh, no, I agree. There, there has to be a gaming element of it, but there has to be more, too. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. can't ignore gaming with an AR headset or a VR headset. It just it's got to be there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, in terms of software, we had a lot of fun talking about it today through the show, but the, you know Apple doesn't leak very much. You know when it comes to software, all that stuff is done in Cupertino. Those people um, know how to keep secrets. It's the manufacturing stuff that you don't that you get all the leaks on. So I don't think there's a whole lot of rumors out about what's going to change with the software. That's credible at this point um we did hear at one point that this was supposed to be more of a snow leopard year in a sense of a lot of bug fixes but but then there's also a list of things like there are rumors that focus mode is going to get improved features but we don't know what that means any of the rumors that have surfaced particularly stand out for you on the software side uh i don't think so no i mean it's one of those things where yeah like apple or I think getting a little better about keeping keeping the leaks in, and I'm also getting a little bit better about not reading them. Um, and uh, you know, we're we're very close to release um, uh, as as this episode comes out, so I'm sure more things will have appeared um, between recording and and release. Um, but yeah, there's nothing that really stands out yet, which is one of the things where I'm both nervous and I'm excited because you know. Who see? Who knows? Like they, there, there is something that looks like it'll be sort of like mood tracking and so on, and also the accessibility features that were pre-announced um, with, um, you know, shortcuts support for doing um, like uh, journaling and notes um, and things like that. Uh, that is really exciting, and I'm looking forward to seeing more things like that come out as well. All right. Well, we are the automators. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. It's fun talking about this stuff where I can't wait to have the event go down and we can report back as to what we did and did not get. We will, of course, be checking in on it. Rose and I can't help ourselves. We'll be installing betas and trying out these new automation features for you once we have something to report. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Text Expander from Smile. 